<laughs> it would be a wolf spot, eh? Live better when Wolves win, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to today's episode of the Wolves Uncast. Joining me today are Blake and Andy. Before we get on today's show, how are we both? Yeah, I think we're doing all right. You know, uh, I actually got to go up to Southampton, so that was a nice little shame and scenery. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've been doing quite well. I've been working with the university, so that's been nice. And yeah, just making a go of it. Fantastic. Andy, I can't remember last time me and you did two, I guess, review shows back to back. It's not been a long time. Yeah. yeah, very true. I mean, it's it's been a long time coming, hasn't it, I think, to, um, I don't know, get, get something on the board. And now finally we've got two wins to, to discuss. Um, so, yeah, doing all right at the minute. I think it, it could be worse, just a little bit hot and cold, didn't we? Yeah, just a, just a tad inconsistent. But I think we'll come on to that in a little bit now that we've had a decent amount of games under our belt. But let's pull it back to Sunday um, and, more importantly, to, I guess, one o'clock when the team news was announced. And I know, I, I think we all kind of assumed there'd be some changes um, with Bruno Large's press conference and saying, um, you know, no one's undroppable and things like that. And I kind of very much thought it was geared towards Jimenez. Um, in some of it, I think, and you know, I, I could understand some of it, I couldn't understand other bits with Neves. Andy, what was your initial reaction to the team lineup? Because I know in the fancast, we were a bit we like there, there was a bit, bit of a split in a way, wasn't there? Yeah, I think the back line was the one that needed freshening up for me, and he kept it exactly the same as he has done for the, the Brentford game. Um, so I think that was the most surprising thing personally. I wouldn't have been massively disappointed if he'd had arrested Jimenez just because it looks like he maybe needs a, a bit of a break, but at the same time you want him to get the minutes under his belt. So I can see the, the theory there. With uh, Neves though, I mean Neves was terrible against Tottenham. Like just yeah. misplaced every pass, whether it was five yards or 50 yards, there was just... There was no mojo to him at all. So I sort of understood why he took him out. And I did think that Dendonka did well against Spurs. So I understand why he's given him the uh, the nod ahead of him at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, Blake, with, I mean, Huang and Podence came in. I think both did the business um, when they've appeared this season, particularly in the, in, in the cup games um, with, with Podence and Huang. Obviously scored against Watford and was probably brightest spark against Brentford were you sort of I get get well try to find the best way to describe it how were you feeling if, particularly with Troy already dropped because he's been such a divisive player but in certain regards how did you cast see it when uh, the team news was announced yeah I I wasn't too bothered by it I I went up with Stu and he was really quite flustered about it but I mean for me I thought the drops made sense and I thought who we brought on made sense I mean Granted, I think Trin Sao needs a bit more time in the Premier League before we can really truly evaluate him. But he's been he's been okay. He's just been sort of mediocre. So I, I certainly don't blame Bruno for that. And then with Traore, I mean, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because 
I think Traore does a lot on the ball outside of assisting and goal scoring that really helps the team. But at the same time, when we're not getting balls in the back of the net, something has to change. Um, so to me, it made complete sense that we would drop Adama uh, and and just try something else. Um, and obviously in the end, well, it kind of worked, but I mean, we got the three points, so. Well, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it, it's one of those where I think the decision was justified, particularly probably around Jimenez. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm almost having to hold back from t- talking about um, Jimenez for, for a couple of minutes, just because there's some other bits before the goal. I think my initial reaction with the team lineup and also looking at Southampton's was how very mid-table it was. And that, that surprised me and in a way that I looked at it and thought, particularly with our defenders as well, that we just didn't seem almost as strong on paper in a way as we had done in previous years. But then I looked at Southampton's lineup, who, you know, I, I think a year ago they were a bit of a media darling and seem to have got a lot of good PR, but have now only won four games in 2021. And when I saw their lineup, I thought, you know what, if our forward players turn this on, we're going to win here. Um, so, yeah, it, it, for me, it, it kind of struck me that Wolves are in this position of, as so with so many other teams, that if we can find goals, we'll be in the top half of the league. If we don't, we'll finish between 12th and 15th. And it's just this fluctuation that we're, we're going to have, um, depending on how effective we are in front of goals. I think everyone, to be honest, from about ninth downwards are all a bit poor at the back because you are you're a mid-table lower prem team and it's just who who's got someone who can score um yeah um i guess going on to that it's interesting that you bring that up as well because we've got i mean you look at the fixture list and the next eight matches are essentially all going to be mid-table fixtures yeah i mean it's a really big run-in for us because i mean You'd be hoping that Wolves would win at least 50% of these next eight games. I mean, no doubt about it. And, Mm. well, certainly getting three points at Southampton is, in my opinion, a really big deal, especially when we haven't been scoring. We haven't been getting points. And, and yeah, but, yeah, it was – it did feel mid-table. Granted, I don't know how Southampton are going to do moving forward. They – I mean, based on the performance that we saw, it doesn't exactly look as if they're going to be doing too well this year. No, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was just sort of one of those games, which was just sort of, I don't know what the word is, but just sort of mediocre through and through. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it felt a bit scrappy in points that I think I, I, I could see it from Wolf's point of view that we struggled in the final third and, you know, that's a really common thread in a, a lot of teams who aren't quite good enough to push into that top Eight, let's say. Um, but you could see the same from Southampton. I did like a little bit of a scroll through some Southampton hashtags and they said exactly the same thing and almost the same complaints we have about Wolves that they had, which I found really interesting. Um, and, you know, we had Samedo missing a really clear-cut chance within about four minutes. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Samedo, but... And I like the long pause on a butt there. <laughs> um, I do kind of question his ability in a way that 
if we're kind of creating the space for somebody like him, he needs to be better in those situations. And I don't like to draw comparisons to Doty because he's no longer here. But is there an argument, would you say, that um, Hoover would be potentially more effective playing um, at right wing back if a lot of our chances are going to seemingly fall to a wing back? I think the, the difficulty is he's obviously we've only seen Hoover in fits and starts. And to be honest, he doesn't look any great shakes on the ball either. He looks tidy and competent, but I haven't seen anything from him to suggest that he's going to be any better than Samedo. He doesn't appear to be very good at crossing. We don't know what his shooting's like purely because we haven't seen enough of him. And really, I think that's Samedo's biggest weakness is he's shooting. He's got into some really good positions that I would expect a player of his calibre to be putting away. Obviously, that's the reason why he's not still at Barcelona and he's now at Wolverhampton Wanderers, though, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, I just haven't seen that much from any players, to be honest, that have really looked mm. like they're going to be goal scorers this season. So mm. I don't necessarily know what you do to try and light that fire. I mean, thankfully, it seems like Jimenez is hopefully a little bit back to normal. Not, not fully, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I just... For me, it's difficult because it just, I don't know where these goals are going to come from. No, and I think um, that the difference between Wolves, say, finishing in the top half and in the bottom half is basically on the shoulders of Raul Jimenez, it appears. And it's a, it's a big burden for a player who's had to come back from so much to, you know, be where he is today. And it felt against. At Brentford when he missed that chance and you know he tore off the headband and you know the rain could have started pouring down on him if it was a movie um and you know him realizing that football is life um and then you know he he was he was the bright spark um on Sunday for us he was the one who was trying to make it happen um and just for little things where, you know, he's trying, you know, these in-air back heel flicks that he was doing two years ago. And a play without confidence doesn't do that. It, mm. it, that, that that's it for me. But, it, it, you know, we a lot of people made fun of him um, for missing that, you know, for mucking up the Rabona, um, pulling a David Dunn, as it were. Um, and then... Missing the header, you know, that it's one of those things, but you could see it really got to him. Um, but I think after seeing him play for us for so long now, we know what sort of character he is, would you say? That he is not, yeah. he is someone who has got a lot of internal confidence and resilience, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's never really shied away, has he? Even yeah. when our backs have been against the wall, like he's. Like as much people Lord Cody for throwing himself in front of the, a ball to to stop a, a certain goal, as we've seen, I fully expect Jimenez would be doing the exact same thing, but in a striker's position. Like he's very much a, a team player. It's all about the team, and as you say, he he seems like a confident chap off the pitch, and he obviously carries that with him onto the pitch. He does have a swagger about him. Sometimes it doesn't always come off, like the Faldrabona and whatnot, but. To still have the balls to try and do that is something really, and that's quite a special move to try and do. Yeah, he yeah. puts everything on the pitch, and you know he he 
he was always doing that stuff ever since he got here in the first place. So, I mean, I, I'm glad he's doing it again because if we want him to be the player that he was before the incident, then he's going to have to learn to pick these things back up. And, you know, there, there's mm. no real way to do it other than trial and effort and trial yeah. and response and all that stuff. It's so. like you've both said as well, like the supporting cast probably aren't going to chip in with many goals. So is Jimenez a bust, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. And we've had this problem for a number of years now where just people aren't picking up the bat on. Pedence is probably the only other player who looks like he's got some kind of goal-scoring record in him. Whether or not that will be over five is another story. But I think when you look well, at I mean, the, the thing league, is, too, I mean, he, he was just completely lost at Southampton. Like, he just, I mean, I, I just, he just did not show up. I mean, every single pass he played was awry. It just never looked like he was on ever since kickoff. Um, so it's just like even the players that could possibly score just seem to be so inconsistent. Mm. And yeah, like Pedence is so tenacious that you expect him to get stuck in. Even if he's not playing well, he's usually causing problems, whether that's by breaking the rules of the game or by just getting in people's faces. But you, we didn't even have that with Pedence this weekend, which was quite alarming off the back of having a you know, quite a break from playing for us. I fully expected him to be up for it. And he, he did look a, a step off it, I thought. Yeah, it was a real shame because he'd he's played well when he's featured so far this season and did well in the cup against Spurs as well. Um but I was gonna say we've we've talked a little bit about Jimenez and about what he brought to the table. Let's listen to the magical moment all over again. I mean, there were so many beautiful things about that goal from the quick thinking of Jose Sarr that I, I think I castigated Cody. Um, no, castigate is too strong a word. But I think one of my big criticisms of, of him the last 18 months is that after Jota's left, he's, you know, no one's really looking for that ball over the top and we've got the players who can do it. So if we've got Jose Sarr who's able to, you know, launch a ball 70 yards downfield and stretch for play, fantastic. Um, but just the strength to just muscle off big Bednarak for cut inside. Um, and I said, we, we, I mentioned about how, you know, what a confident player does. A confident player will sell for Tommy like he's, uh, you know, like he's playing FIFA on amateur mode. And just, you know, then just have a, you know, the calmness, just roll it in the back of the net. He didn't snatch at it when he could have done first time. If he was really anxious, he probably would have taken an extra touch and maybe even passed it to Pogents. But no, he knew what he was doing. And it was really nice to see him score a goal. But obviously, fantastic to see him score. But it wasn't like just a six-yard scuffer. It was, yeah, it was, it was proper, the, proper yeah. Hollywood was stuff, proper... would you say? Well, it was a proper classic Jimenez goal. I mean, it reminded me so much of the goal he scored against Tottenham before the world went into mm. lockdown. Um, it was just very patient, you know, took his time and then just slotted it right into the back of the net. And, um, you know, it's exactly what you want to see because, I mean, so so far this season, he's just looked so timid and so just that little bit off. But at least for those, whatever, that play, I mean, he was just on and he just knew everything that was going to happen. And he just waited, 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 slotted it home. And that was it. Hmm. 
It was, I, I tweeted out afterwards that it was world-class. It was a world-class yeah. finish. Like, everything he did was to absolute perfection. The number of times we've seen him this season in a similar position and his touch is just off. He treads on the ball. He overhits it. He doesn't quite come off. Everything he needed to do there, he did, like, within an inch of its life. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to have the balls to just roll it into the bottom corner as the keeper was coming out, it was it was beautiful. And the celebrations, the scenes of Pedence just losing his rag when they were up with the, the rest of the crowd, it was wonderful to see. It was like one of those moments that football was made for. And you could yeah. genuinely tell that everybody, like a lot of people on Twitter who don't follow Wolves, they were like happy to see that Jimenez had scored. And yes, yeah. the kind of thing that brings everyone together. It's wonderful. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember the last time I celebrated an individual player scoring so much. Yeah, because you don't like. I I think the last time I think was probably when Jack Price maybe scored for Wolves. <laughs> And like that's only because he's someone who just didn't score goals. Uh, you, I, I'm really, I was really struggling to think of a player who, it's like we don't because you don't celebrate an individual scoring. We just celebrate I mean, to be fair, scoring. To mm. be fair, Cody's goal against Huddersfield, that penalty. I think that was one of those moments. Yeah, um, you know that was when we had won. Yeah, I'll t- uh, yeah we have already I'll, won that game essentially. So yeah, yeah. no, no, I'll take that. That's it. That's a really good one um, against. Yeah, Bolton, I think it was. I think it was, it was Bolton. Yeah, yeah, Bolton. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a really good example of of it. But it doesn't, it happens so rarely, doesn't it? That we just yeah. kind of just over, uh, overlook what an achievement sometimes scoring can be for a player. And let's say the fact, the fact it was, uh, you know, it was box office stuff from, you know, the, the main number mm. nine. It's the diff- it was the difference between two teams at the end of the day that, you know, they don't have a Danny Ings anymore who's going to get them 10, 15 goals a season. We hopefully do now. And, you know, fingers crossed that that that's a real stepping board for him to push on again because he's had half chances. He's had some, but, you know, he's not quite clicked. It felt like it all clicked for him on Sunday. And, you know, that's really important for Wolves going forward. Um, the thing I found really kind of cool about the goal, Andy mentions about everyone celebrating, and it's two players I want to talk about actually, was um, Connor Cody, who is usually, you know, the piggyback king when it comes to goal like goal <laughs> celebrations. He didn't immediately run over to Jimenez, if you saw, um, which is what I thought would happen. He'd be like the third person there behind Podence or whatever. He actually ran and celebrated with Jose Sar because of um his assist and I thought that was really kind of cool and interesting to see because actually he's a defender he's a goalkeeper and it's recognizing other people's mm. um games but actually I thought both of them had really strong games and particularly Cody's been under a lot of criticism not not least probably from quarters of the fan cast and I think a lot of it's justified um there's some parts that probably aren't justified as well but I think he was probably our uh, you know our, our best defender on uh, Saturday, he, he did everything that was needed of him and more. Absolutely. He marshaled the defence perfectly. As you said, we've given him plenty of criticism, not just this season. And, you know, he, he was off it for large portions of last season as well. But he looked like Cody of old. I remember in the Brentford game, I think it was you, Rich, in the, the podcast afterwards, you said that he's not doing those raking balls to the full-backs mm. and bump. And he was trying to do that. It's almost like he listened to the podcast and he did your advice because he was trying to be the Cody that we know he can be. 
And yes, a couple of the passes went astray, and he wasn't the only one who was guilty of that by by any stretch of the imagination. But he ne- he's another one who just didn't shy away. He was there trying it, trying to get us moving, trying to get us up the pitch. I, I thought he was excellent. Like, it was one of his better games for a long time, to be honest. Yeah, it wasn't perfect, but it was far better than what he's been putting in recently. So yeah, you just can't complain. No, exactly, and uh, you know, you, you're never not expecting any player to, you know, find their man every time with a raking pass over the top, and a lot of it almost feels quite positional play in the way that actually, you know, let's see if we can stretch them. It might not happen this time, but maybe the next time and open things up. And you know, for, for me, it's just about playing to his strengths. That he could be, your, he could be a weakness, as it were. Um, you know, in terms of he's not a natural centre half. He's not as he can get physically out-muscled more than other players and he doesn't have the speed like some things like that. But, you know, play to his strengths. We always support him with two extra players. See if we can give him the opportunity to play those longer passes. And, you know, it's interesting, maybe, or indicative of the fact that Ruben Nevis doesn't start, but Connor Cody then has more of a prime passing um, role in the team, maybe. I don't know. Because um, I sometimes felt mm, that they, can, they get kind of caught up in each other's toes sometimes when it comes to sort of that, that longer passing. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed again, it, it, it's an opportunity for Cody to push on as well because he's had his critics. And, you know, we can talk about what a fantastic guy and a fantastic leader he is of the team. But at, at the end of the day, we need we need players performing and doing it to their best. And it, he he can be a really solid player for this Wolves team. Um, but the other player sort of mentioned him, that embrace was Jose Sarr, who arguably had his best game in the Wolves shirt so far. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, No doubt about it. He's my man of the match. I mean, he's uh, he did wonderfully. And one of the things that I've, I've been very kind of confused about is one of the things that really excited me about signing Jose Sarr was that it seemed like his distribution was so much better than, than Patricio's. Um, but interesting, we play out the back like every single time. So I'm kind of hoping that now that he's gotten this assist, that we kind of let him hoof it up the pitch a bit more. Hmm. Yeah, it yeah. feels it feels a bit rudimental, but it it it's got its purpose. And you know, you see the likes of Man City do it often enough, and Liverpool. So yeah, and it's not it's not hoofing it up the pitch. It's a long pass. He knew yeah. what he was doing. He played for and got it. Like it's not like he just twatted it up the field and hoped it came off. Like he, he planned it and it worked to perfection. And I think Jose Sar will cost us a few more goals from shots that you might expect Patricio to save. But I think we will get more goals because of his proactive forward thinking play as well. So I think you might find we're probably better off in the long run with someone like uh, Sar over Patricio. Yeah, I think... Um... Their contrasting styles between Patrizio and Saab were really sort of amplified, weren't they? Um, you know, in the last couple of games, but um, importantly on Sunday, um, with, with that sort of pass that John Ruddy does it a lot as well. And he did it against Spurs as well, where, you know, he'll get the ball, he'll run. And if he recognises that the fullbacks just aren't coming back at all quickly, he'll hit that space. And as I say, we, we, we've got really attacking players. It, it bewilders me a lot when it comes to Traore, that all of his, well, most of his goals in a Wolves shirt have come from him getting one-on-one with a goalkeeper and beating the last man with his pace. But for some reason, he starts 20 yards back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if he's up there, 
why not? Just see, see if we can test them. See if we can stretch, stretch for play, and open up even a you know if it opens up a gap and we progress from there maybe. But yeah, I thought um, Saar again as say had his best game in all shirt and was probably man of the match as well for some of the saves he made. And you know, I don't think Southampton really pummeled us under pressure at all, but he did enough to kind of just keep it keep the ship steady as it were particularly with the back line in front of him um anyone else impress you both um i thought Dendonka had a decent game um did his usual yeah. running around but you know i think he, he played all right he got into people's faces and just did what he needed to do to try and break up their play ultimately i don't think southampton are that good a team luckily that they don't really have anything like armstrong i don't think he's going to be a replacement for ings long term James Ward-Prowse, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the Premier League. That defence is slower than shit. So I think all we had to do was beat what was in front of us, and that's exactly what we did. We didn't have to expend any any more energy than what we already did. So I think it was a good all-round team performance. There was there was very few standout performance, performances Sorry, from me. Yeah, as I said before, it was just pretty, you know, mediocre. I mean, it was run of the mill. It was really quiet, and it was just, you know, we had that one opportunity from him. And as Grant said, Semedo could have scored, but I mean, other than that, there just wasn't really that much that happened. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that it was a poor performance because I don't, I don't think that that's particularly fair. But it, it just kind of felt like we were going through the motions. And granted, it worked in the end, so I can't complain any. Um, but you know. It's funny because I think that our performances against, you know, Tottenham, I'm, yeah, Tottenham and, you know, not the cup, but in the uh, the league and Man United mm. and Leicester were all, to be honest, 10 times better than this one. But, you mm. know, we, as Andy said, it was about beating the team that was in front of us. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I think it's, say, the important thing for Wolves in um, this game, coming in, into the Newcastle game, were. I would say the good run of games we've got coming up, it's about getting points on the board and just being that little bit more consistent. And if it means that some of the flair goes, I think it's a sacrifice I'm willing to take, particularly if it means if you get goals uh, like we did against Southampton. Blake, you've already mentioned your man of the match. Andy, um, who are you thinking for yours? I think you can make an argument for Saar, but for me, it's Jimenez. That goal was like just, it was the real standout moment of the game. And I know Saar played his role in that, but Jimenez still had a lot of work to do. And that was the one, the one moment of genuine class throughout the game for me. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's definitely a toss up between Saar and Jimenez. And, you know, the, the amount of uh, goals Jimenez seems to score an assist against Southampton is is impressive and I'm going to give it him just because of how much work he had to do to score if it was you know just it was a ball over the top and he ran through I'd maybe give it Saar but the fact that you know it, it involved about three moments of genuinely fantastic forward play I'm gonna give it Jimenez but you know what the best thing about this for me is it's so nice to have an option <laughs> Which yeah, for once, even, for once, yeah, yeah, it's like even against Watford, it was a bit oh, not not quite sure. Um, but that pretty much wraps up um, the Southampton chat. We'll be back after this to talk a little bit of news. Um, do a very, I was going to say, super fun quiz, trademarked. 
Um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I've, I've let them know what the uh, what the theme is, and I got a muted response. We'll put it that way, guys. Um, and we'll also be coming back with Twitter Corner. So we'll be right. Uh, we'll be back just after this break. <laughs> Hi, it's Richard from Wolves Fancast here. Just interrupting today's show before we get back to some questionable opinions and opinionated questions to talk to you a little bit about our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. They are a design agency that put you and your business first from web design, logo and branding design and marketing. If you have any marketing needs, get in touch with them to find out how they can help you get it right. They are over at pixelyettingmedia.com. Now let's get back to a show where we can give you some really forced wordplay, niche cultural references and maybe even a bit of football talk hello and welcome back everybody so we didn't do a show previewing or frankly reviewing it but walls are out of the carabao cup um not my favorite any drink if you're wondering but that's a different story for another day um i don't know why i decided to lean with that to be honest monster if you're asking um no no reason whatsoever i'm dropping that in um but if they fancy sponsoring us at Wolves Fancast. Um, anyway, um, Wolves are out of the cup. Um, were you guys particularly bothered? It was a weird game because we went 2-0 down, we dragged it back. We didn't have extra time before penalties, which is an interesting concept. We won't, we won't go into the nuts and bolts of it, guys, um, because I, I don't. I feels like no one's really too fussed about it, pretty much because we've got a win against Southampton to be fair but are we are we a bit disappointed that we're not having a cup win in this in this competition or well I'm a big fan of the cup still I mean I know so many people are still very disenfranchised with them but I don't know there's just something about those midweek floodlit fixtures that just you know just very cozy and and there's just something about them that I really like um so so I was a bit disappointed that being said when we went 2-0 down after, what, like 20 minutes, I thought that it was just going to be an absolute blowout. I thought we were going to be bitten like 6-0 mm. and, you know, it was just going to be a complete nightmare. But to be fair, we we came back and we, we equalised. And to be honest, I don't think we were ever going to do more than that. Our penalty taking is rubbish, to put it politely. I mean, when Connor Cody is taking your fifth pen, you're in some trouble. So I, I don't think we were ever going to advance, advance on penalties, but... I think to come back at least showed some resilience and showed that we're, uh, you know, at least not that much in trouble. So, yeah, that's kind of my way of thinking about it. I would have liked a cup run, don't get me wrong, but the way we went out, ultimately, I wasn't too disappointed. Like, that first half an hour was as bad as anything we've seen this season. But from probably about 30 minutes onward, there was only one team in it from that point. And then penalties, it's just flip of a coin, isn't it? So... It is what it is. Yeah, I think um, yeah, the, the quality of our penalties had a, a a decent amount to be desired for, and horrific. I've I've seen enough penalties from Connor Cody to know he probably shouldn't be if in your top five choices. Um, I, I was a bit when we were sort of looking towards penalties, I was a bit like, I wonder what Adama Traore taking a penalty looks like. Because it, fe- it feels very odd to see him <laughs> striking a stationary ball. Similar with Peter Crouch. You know, it just wouldn't have felt quite right. Mm. Um, it's not natural. No, no. I think it would be against, you know, against the laws of nature for me personally. But um, 
also at the same time, I don't think I'd like the idea if I was a goalkeeper and seeing just a diamond throw because he wouldn't take a short. I'd like to think he'd take like an excessively long run for the halfway line. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> just juggernaut like speed, and then he'd probably like shank the ball really wide. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will live. We will live to find out. Um, in terms of Wolves news this week, um, the big one that dropped um, was Wolves records. Um, essentially, for those who haven't seen or heard, um, but the club are essentially launching a, 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 a record um, producing company, um, promoting local bands um, in particular. It, it's sort of in line with the. Uh, promoting the, the Wolves brand as it were globally and also through through the community. Something different. Um as far as I'm aware there's not any other football clubs sort of doing something like this. Um the club have been under a lot of flack, um rightly or wrongly with some of the marketing and the franchisey nature of what they look like they're trying to trying to do, replicating things like the Red Bull model um with, with um, Leipzig and Salzburg, and some sort of, some people kind of, kind of call it corny, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I guess I want to sort of gauge your guys' thoughts on a Wolves having a, a record company, um, which feels very odd to say. But also, I guess sort of the philosophy of what they're trying to do in general, because you can see it expanding into other areas of you know culture and mainstream really, really easy. I know uh, Fosen have done. Um, have produced films as well, haven't they? I'm, I'm right in thinking. I feel like I believe I'm, so. Yeah, yeah. They're very. I think uh, they might. I'm pretty sure they're like Chinese films. So there's there's a lot of scope if it go, if it goes right as well. Absolutely. And ultimately, if some kid on the other side of the world comes to Wolverhampton Wanderers through some song somewhere, fine, great. I mean, we've got Blake as proof that you don't necessarily <laughs> need a record company to do that. But if he just gets more eyes on on the brand, and as much as I hate saying the word brand when you're talking at a football club, that is where we are now. And I think that's why a lot of people have been pissy about it because they want us to be world leaders without making the steps to be world leaders. And these are the kind of things that you need to do now and make steps in other markets. It's just the way of the world, unfortunately. I certainly understand why certain fans are frustrated about it. Like, it's not something that I particularly love um but then again it's like i think all of us knew that this was going to happen from day one i mean those Fosen have been very clear about what their goals are with wolves are going to be um and it, it just seemed to me you know this was always going to be the kind of stuff that happened i mean we all mm. saw the fashion show that happened i think one or two years <laughs> yeah. ago yeah and it's like you know this is just going to be the future of wolves if if Fosen continue to to be our owners so you know um uh, regardless of whether or not you like it or not, get used to it. I mean, this is just the reality of the situation. Now, it is something to take note because obviously you don't just want Wolves to become a franchise and, I don't know, move to China and play in the Super League or something ridiculous like that. But, you know, of all things that, that Wolves fans could be pissed off about, I think this is probably the the least worrisome, um, all things considered. Yeah, and I think if I, if I stick to their promises about promoting local artists as well i think uh, oh, andy's gonna scowl me for this but i'm probably slightly too young 
to remember a, a lot of the wider music scene. Um, you know, I was still about for when Little Civic was there, but I was right at the end, so to speak. <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of the places like that aren't really there anymore. And Wolverhampton doesn't quite have that nightlife scene. It doesn't quite have the music scene anymore. The, the, the redevelopment of the Civic hasn't helped that. I'm going to go on a really bad rant here if I'm not careful. Um, but actually, if this is done right, it could be a really powerful thing with it within the community and actually linking up different people in the city, I think. Mm-hmm. Wolverhampton's in dire need of regeneration. Like, I mean, I've mentioned before I work within the government department in regards to retail in Wolverhampton and the city is struggling hmm. massively. And just the idea of promoting Wolverhampton via a record label. Brilliant. It's what's needed to get people coming to the city and get it moving in the right direction again. Now, we, I was going to say, before we move on, I do have one question for you both, though, uh, only because Andy sort of half alluded to about if I hear Wolverhampton. Um, what's your favourite song um, which has got a city in the title? And how can we, ma- or, or place, I guess? I know it's a difficult one. Because when you said it, I was like, I was like, Midnight Train to Georgia. And it's like, is that something that Wolves could do or don't? So, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big Billy Joel fan, so it would be uh, New York State of Mind, personally. Ooh, but good New York, Wolverhampton, I mean, yeah, worlds apart. Yeah. Does House in New Orleans count? I think it does. I think that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it yeah. Close enough. So, yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Nice. Good choices. Good choices. Right. Now we've done a little bit of irreverence with that. I was going to go walking in Memphis, but you know what? I bet there's, there's a lot we could pick. Um, are, are there any, though, with English cities? I can't think of any. I mean, Fog on the Tyne is probably the closest we can um, get. London Calling. London Calling. But that's... Yeah. Okay, the Clash. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So give me one with like Liverpool in the title, maybe. I'm sure Matt will be screaming at the. Uh, the yeah, podcast. I was going to say. Get, yeah, I was going to say. I, I feel like we could be doing a deep dive into uh, in, into Google after this. Cause, oh, yeah, be some. That's another it's, podcast it's, for another day. That yeah, one, I was going to say. Uh, I was going <laughs> to say. Here's your time to uh, promote Cage Fighters, Andy. <laughs> Not careful. <laughs> okay. Um, so, my, my, the quiz for today, guys. Um, it's very rarely I do any prep, as you know. And for two weeks in a row, I've actually done a really low level of prep to do a quiz for you both. Um, essentially, the thought occurred to me because last week we talked about Wolves having a new um, training kit sponsor. Um, and I find it really interesting now. I think I've changed the rules how you can have multi- a lot more sponsors. So you can have an official drink sponsor. You can have an official, you know, coffee sponsor in nigeria and stuff like that and really promote your brand and get loads of extra revenue and we also gone down this path we've just talked about their the commercialization of a football club so i've done a bit of digging by which i mean i went on the wolves website um and it turns out we actually have a quite large number of partners um as they describe them which is um 23 in total it breaks into three different areas so we've got main partners They've got global partners and official partners. Now, the challenge I've got for you guys today is how many of these can you name? Um, the, the main partners are essentially sponsors. Um, 
I mean, as I've mentioned before, Blake's wearing at least two of them, and I've half mentioned <laughs> one already. Um, and then the, the other ones, they're, 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 they're quite wide ranging, to be fair. So some of them you might recognize, and some of them might kick yourselves because you might have seen the Wolves did a post about it, or, you know, sometimes it's like sponsored. Uh, they sometimes do like a sponsored tweet and things like that. Some of them you'll not have heard of at all. If you if you get some of these right, I will know you're cheating. <laughs> it is it is as simple as that. Unless you are really up to date with your Chinese acoustic companies or Chinese liquor companies. So, um, see, let's see how many we can name. I think if we try and take it one at a time, we'll see how far we get. If if we struggle after the first four, then I'm just going to start naming them. We can kind of go really. So, Andy, can you think of a sp- sponsor slash partner of Wolves? Uh, so, Mambitex. Yeah, that's number one. They're the main, they're the main kit sponsor. Mm. Probably, probably our highest paying one, to be fair, as well. I like, still have no idea how to pronounce it, but is it Bitsy? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I uh, don't know how. I still don't know how to pronounce it, to be fair. I was going to say, I got, I, I'd go for Bitsy. Um, there are... Sleeve sponsor. Yeah, there's a shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sh- yeah. shoulder sponsor. Right, back back over to Andy. So I vaguely recall that we were last season at least we had uh, Manscaped came on board as the official grooming men's grooming sponsor. Are they still with us? I don't think they are. I'm afraid. Oh, okay, not not well, not according to the website at least, which might mean that they probably are and. They've not been updated. Um, <laughs> but yes, I think we had Manscaped and Dove last season, didn't we? In different departments. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, they're, they're not on the uh, on the current list. But you, okay. I, I like the trail of thought because that, there are certain things around that. I, I, I can't see a um, one similar to that, but think outside the box on those. I've already mentioned right. a company as well um, during the podcast. I'm I'm surprised we don't talk we don't see it more often. I believe they're they're a partner. Is um Thomas Cook still with us? No, they're not. Okay. Um, Cuz they went belly up I believe. They go under. Mm. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah. I thought they were still doing like <laughs> I I knew the airline went down, but I, I thought they were no. still doing like some little uh, stuff on the side. Don't think so. I don't I think, think they got, so. They got bought out by a different one because I think Frozen okay. tried to buy them out because I think they had originally had interest right, yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, should we do the other two main partners who we, we, we kind of talked about one last week in terms of cruises and of course the shirt sponsor. So there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got Castor for the shirt and Royal Caribbean Cruise. Who again, if you're interested, we're happy to thank Castor. Are happy to work in collaboration with you for free tickets. Um, mm-hmm. We'll just leave that there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So uh, global partners. There, there's seven up for grabs, including one um, which actually used to be the main kit sponsor about six years ago. Okay. Um, the one that you've mentioned already in the podcast is Monster. Yeah, they're, they're, they they're, sponsor us. They are the official energy drink partner of right, Okay. Again, if they want us to do any promotional work for ex- for an exchange of goods and or services, then <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll be getting to realise, guys, that a lot of this is basically a ploy for me to pitch for sponsorship. Um, yeah, that's very, it. <laughs> I've decided to go very Wayne's World with this um, because I think if Wolves can, then we should just empower trickle-down economics. 
Um, right, shall, shall I list off some of the others, or do you, have you got any other names in mind, guys? Um, um, I guess my only question is, are we actually partners with Goodyear, or was that just for the classic kits? Um, I think that was just for the classic okay. kits okay. from back mm. in the day. So, as listed on as listed on the website. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm almost going to read some which are sort of out of order because we might know Energy Angel are the official energy sponsor. Um, who sometimes I think they sponsor for women's kit as well. Um, they just sponsored think, the um, the fan zone thing now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they they come into a little bit. Um, if you ever had a beer inside Molyneux, it'll be a Carling beer. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, our sponsor. Um, who else? We've got Bet um, Gambling Wise. You've got Bet Three Six Five as the global partner, um, and IT. You've got Silverbug, who used to sponsor. Um, the the other ones in there. Um, who I'm pretty sure I, I can't assume you really wouldn't get um, were Global Reach, who are a foreign exchange company, um, no. and Tizo, who, uh, from what uh-huh. I can gather from a very quick Google, um, are a Chinese like sound acoustics company. Which our Sing Out one because I remember we had a link with those. They're they Chinese beer or something like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of official partners which is where we kind of go into a bit of, not murkiness, but it gets it gets interesting. But you've got Cadbury. Um, you've got a com- yeah, you've got a company called uh, uh, Repex, R-E-P-X, um, who do like pay cards. Um, that seems like things like Monzo. Um, forgive me if I'm completely wrong there, guys. If you give me a script, I'm happy to read it out. Um, <laughs> We can <laughs> we can talk rates. It's fine. Um, uh, Reconomy, who I believe uh, they're a waste management company based all over the place, but they also sponsor like the goal of the day tweets as well. I think. Um, I think it's them anyway. Um, we got a really murky one in my opinion, which is Yo Gym, which is a Chinese regional fitness partner. <laughs> because okay, it was needed. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not saying anything. Not saying anything. We might not be the right business to promote them, though. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you've got DIS who do the graphics. Um, mm. So that they want to have kind of kitted out the new tunnel and stuff like that. Um, they can do a bit of everything. Uh, Boil Sports, um, despite us having Bet Three Six Five as the global partner of official partners, I don't quite know the. The, the cut-off point on that one. Wensfield Taxis for a bit of local rep, um, which I was a big fan of seeing on there, same as A&H Construction. Um, I'm guessing they do bits and bobs around the stadium and um, training ground. Um, I'm going to leave one, one of these to last. So skip forward. You've got University of Wolverhampton, um, a company called um, Recover Pro, who are like fitness technology, like make massage machines. Um Astro Pay, which is which is an online payment solutions company, um, but it's, I think it's just about transferring money quickly um, and whatever. The last one was a company called M Spirit. Uh, I looked online uh, on the walls 
website and the link didn't take me anywhere particularly it's like oh you should be trying to look for this website clicked on that um i also i did try googling m spirit wolves and then it just tried to find me like what my wolf spirit was um <laughs> and then i got i got down a bit of a rabbit hole and we we're recording in five minutes and you know but basically yes i i potentially do have the spirit of a wolf um but anyway it actually i, I managed to dig, dig through um eventually and found out that um they're sort of like a chinese liquor company um so we will find out i guess but yeah a lot of sponsors um which i hadn't quite quite appreciated for the sort of the vast lengths that well frankly wolves go to these days um, it's just anything for a pound isn't it let's be honest yeah uh, we're yeah. not we're not our own i mean man united i remember quite famously had their their own noodle sponsor or something <laughs> Equally yeah. insane. I know um, L- Liverpool have got the official donut partner, which uh, <laughs> I, I just find I just find crazy. Um, before we kind of wrap up with Twitter corner, guys, the other thing I wanted to mention, just because it's literally happening live at the moment, is Fabio Silva's playing tonight or played tonight in the under twenty threes and scored. Um, I think they eventually lost to Sunderland, but um, do we think it's a good thing for him that he's playing? Yeah, well, frankly, that he's getting a bit more game time because he's someone who definitely needs it um, at yeah. the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, if we're not going to drop him in as, I just don't see him coming on. Um, and he definitely needs more time. I mean, that was really clear last year. I think it's clear for the few appearances he's made this season. Um, I, I just, he's just not ready yet. And, you know, God knows if that was a real signing or a Mendes thing. <laughs> Um, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, yeah, it's just I'm glad that he is getting playing time, but I just don't think that he fits into the first team right now. No, he was he was really poor against Tottenham. I thought every every time the ball got to him, he just didn't stick at all. Every time he, he got near him, the ball ended up back coming at us. So it was if he's not going to get any game time for the first team, whilst the under twenty threes won't prepare him it'll prepare him a damn sight better than just warming the bench. So it's the lesser of two evils, really, I think. Yeah, com- completely agree. F- fingers crossed, you know, he, he, he can he can play enough and score enough in the same scoring tonight. It's exactly what he needed to do, isn't it? Just to keep, just keep ticking over. Um, let's hit, head over to Twitter corner before we finish then, guys. So thanks, everyone, for your questions. Um, big fan of actually a lot of the questions today because you've pitched it just right um, for, for the fan cast, to be honest. There's there's one football question. The rest are either loosely football-based or not football-based at all. So thank you so much, guys. Um, we'll start with um friend of the show, uh, uh, Nag Kingwolf 84 Noting the possibility of banning overseas gambling firms on shirts, which company would you have sponsoring us? He suggests uh, Jaw or Cell. Um, so I guess what company would you like to see on the front of um, Wolves kit? Um, it, it would, I'd want a big name idea because they'd pay them more money. So someone like Samsung would be fantastic. As an American, I want to go back to Goodyear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think it looks beautiful on any kit, and yeah, Doritos is good too for the gold. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say I did. I did feel Doritos would be a no. good one. Um, uh, there was too much mocking when we had Doritos. Yeah. Can't go back to that. <laughs> Maybe um, 
I'm thinking, see, I'm, go- I'm going the opposite direction to Andy. Instead of going massive, go local. Maybe we have, like, I don't know, like, um, pork joint or something like that. Instead, or Charlie's Fish Bar. <laughs> the um, yeah. yeah, just have the Gifford. Maybe we have, like, the Throne or something like that. No, that'll be it. We, we, they'd have the Gifford um, sign or whatever, but all the, you know, the pre-match shots, they'd all just be sitting in the chair. Is there, is there one? That I like it. Yeah. Even. Uh, so, so that 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 could work. Um, Andy Smith asks: Is there such thing as goalophobia, and does Samedo suffer with it? I mean, do we think it's like viral and it spreads airborne? Um, and like you know, something like William Jose is, you know, uh, d- stop me before I say something really bad about COVID, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of whatever it is. It seems like a lot of our players have it at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's just it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I I do see a lot of players who just cannot seem to figure out where the goal even is. So, I think that's a good way of putting it. To be fair, mm, colophobia is the way forward. I think. <laughs> Okay, um, one of our own, Stu Hall asks: um, Have you ever eaten a cheeseburger upside down? Like, weirdly, well, I say weirdly, yes. The reason being, if you hold it the, the normal way, the bottom of the burger just soaks up the juices. And having a beard, you have to be really careful the way you eat certain foods. So if you have it upside down, the juices off it would just run into the bigger bun. So it makes it better. It's a beard thing. It's a beard uh, thing. Fair so enough. I don't, think I, I don't think I ever have. Now that I actually think about it, like... I, I don't know why you would. I mean, other than apparently having a beard, then yeah. The other terrible thing to eat, cereal with a beard, is a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought about that. Yeah. I've weirdly seen you eat cereal um, <laughs> pre shows before, and it just feels like it is a dance with death every time. Mm, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I haven't, but I will do next time. Um, I was then thinking about how you layer it as well. And, you know, I'm assuming we're just kind of stacking bread, burger, cheese, bread, um, or back weight, however you want to call yeah. it, and then rotating. But I'm guessing there must be people in the world who go cheese, then burger. No, that's wrong. Yeah, that's, yeah see, look, you put it on you're top about, and, yeah. But you're about to turn over a burger and do exactly the same thing. I mean, you could always so you, go. Cheese underneath say, would... and above. You could double cheese it. Yeah, exactly. you, could, you, yeah. you could double cheese. But I'm thinking, like, if we just can't go going classic, there must be someone out there who does it. Do you There's got to be some weirdo out there. Probably Stu, got... to be honest. I was going to say, it's definitely Stu. <laughs> it's <isn't> definitely it? <laughs> Stu. <laughs> There's a reason he's asking. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, do, 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 do. Last two questions. Um would you rather fight one Adama-sized Podent or two Podent-sized Adamas? Now, <laughs> I don't quite know what you mean, so interpret it however you want. It's interesting he's asked this because I was always really curious how Adama got as big as he is. And I always thought, dude, he's got to be on steroids or something like that. And I looked it up, and it actually turns out that the type of muscle he has is far weaker than most kinds of muscle so essentially it's muscle that you get from working out a lot rather than like lifting a lot of weight so i'd probably do the the potence i mean the adama sized potence i think that's what he said yeah <laughs> or 
Yeah. If I'm interpreting that correctly, if it's a potence with the musculature of Adama, then I think that's who I would fight. Yeah, I think that I think it's yeah, I'll say it it can be interpreted a couple of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um into and you you struck this sort of have an opinion on this. I, I reckon Pedence is a right nasty little bastard. So I, I oh, wouldn't yeah. want to fight him at any size, to be honest. Whereas Blake's obviously done the math on uh, on Adama's weakness. So I agree. I, I'll I'll fight the Adama the Pedence sized Adama. Yeah. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think I'd probably go for that as well, but I don't I can't quite justify it if you know what I mean. Like it'll be my it's it's what my subconscious is telling me rather than any sort of reasoning at that point. Um <laughs> yeah, that that was from um eight Louis, um, by the way. Uh, last question we've got is from uh Cosa, who says, Are we more feared under large or Nuno? Hmm. Now, I guess it depends on what era of Nuno. So, I mean, let's say we just go 12 months ago because we, we lost to West Ham 4-0 pretty much 12 months ago to the day. I think it was today or yesterday. So, you know, just cash your minds back to, I guess, this point of the season last year in terms of, I guess, sort of what you think the perception is of Wolves now and what it was then. I don't know if we've seen enough of Bruno to really say if other teams should really fear us yet. I mean... Granted, we have been so much more attacking, and you can just see the difference in, I mean, just about any small dosage of Wolves that you watched this year. But does that actually make us more scary? I'm, I'm not so sure, because, I mean, the thing about Wolves under Nuno was we could just sort of turn the game around at any moment. Um, you know, we played that counterattacking football where we could just invite pressure, and then we'd zip down the other end, and we'd, we'd score a couple goals, and that would be game over. So... To be honest, I think we were probably more scary playing like that than we were this ultra-attacking football, especially now that we can't score. But granted, we haven't given Bruno enough time, so I, I don't think it's fair to make an extreme judgment on that yet. But for now, I would I would say under Nuno. Yeah. I think 12 months ago, we'd probably been found out and teams knew how to play against us, and we were having something of an identity crisis at, at that point. Um but, yeah, we haven't seen enough of Bruno's football. I think early doors, what we've seen from Bruno when we've got the high-intensity pressing, we look quite dangerous and we do look scary. But then we've had a couple of games where the press hasn't been on and it hasn't worked quite as effectively and it doesn't look as scary. So if it was Nuno two years ago, I would say that one definitely. But the jury's out at the minute on on which one's the most effective. I think we'll, we'll know maybe in four or five months' time, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I think Just it, to sit it, on the fence again. Yeah. I was going to say, it'd be, it'd be interesting to sort of see. And I think, because uh, we've played a different style this season, I think it's sort of thrown a few teams. But at the end of the day, I think you're only threatening if you score goals. Uh, you know, it's like that um, Adam Traore tweet. I think it was post-Brentford, where some content, um, social media content, um, I can't even think of a word like account. There we go. Um, like tweeted, what would you do if you were a defender uh, up against Dom Shrine? And they were like, I'd step out of the way, let him run to the byline, and then I'd take my position for a goal kick. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's mm. that's kind of brutal but fair. But actually, you know, the, the only thing scary really about 
a footballer it's been, you know, or, or a football team from scoring goals. So, you know, I think give it time and fingers crossed that we'll be, you know, more feared under large than we were under Nuno at any point. But that just about wraps up today's show. Um, big thank you to everyone who listened. Make sure you check out our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, um, for all of your marketing needs. Um, and also make sure you check out any of the stuff over at 19 Min as well. We're part of their um, podcast network. So if you're interested, I know we're, uh, we're all Wolves fans here. If you're not a Wolves fan listening to this and you've knocked through an hour of this and you want to you know, um, learn about other teams as well, go check them out as well we will be back uh to preview the newcastle game um next um i was gonna say happening next weekend um but until then make sure you keep up to date with all things wolves at wolves fancast that's on twitter instagram and facebook and also make sure you like and uh, share and subscribe to our youtube page as well because we're on there as well and we greatly appreciate it but until next time it's goodbye from blake See ya. It's goodbye from Andy. See you later. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time. Jessica, this is the happiest day of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV and insured it with Progressive. Man, I love that thing. There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You see it every day. The first dollar you earned from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come in part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.